Coming to you live from the ass end of the blue line, it is the Sons of Honarchy podcast with your co-hosts at Drunk Shy Sox Fan on Twitter, Steve-O, a bottle of more, and uh, take Tommy. So on this episode of the Sons of Honarchy podcast, look right here. If you can't, it's Willie P. So <laughs> we are going to be uh, getting to know Willie P. We're going to be talking about how baseball is canceled forever, at least for now. And we have some um, more scoops at the end here for the 108 tourney. All this brought to you by us. So make sure you rate, subscribe, review. We are also on YouTube now for some people who know that. We've got a few YouTube subscribers, 22 at the moment. My guy Willie P dropped some news here that we need how many followers, Willie? 100. We need 100,000. 100,000. We need 100 followers in order to do youtube.com backslash sons of honarchy. So we need you guys to hit subscribe, hit like on YouTube, please. Um, That would help us out tremendously. So, you know, usually we do a check in, Tommy, at the beginning of the podcast, uh, you know, each other's weeks and whatnot. Mm -hmm. But we've seen each other this week with Willie. So yes, maybe indeed. we should give the rundown of Old Irving Bur- Brewing. So Old Irving Brewing. Um, <laughs> Willie, what were your thoughts on Old Irving? I liked Old Irving a lot. Um, it was the kind of place that I wanted to check out the menu beforehand because I've heard good things about what they do, both food and beer. Um, but it was nice. It was really nice. I mean, Tommy was a little late. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, classic, classic, classic. But it's. I was thankful that you guys came to my neck of the woods. So uh, it, it would have been even later had you, had you gone to Forest Park. So <laughs> hey, silver lining's always there. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, no, they do fucking fantastic food, and we're drinking their beers again. You're drinking Frost again. I am drinking Frost again. No free ads. That but was Old Irving Brewing. That free ad. <laughs> But no, more than anything, though, I appreciate you guys, like anybody on Sox Twitter coming out and actually like getting together because those are always the best times. Yes. I'm like the tweet that you had after, first of all, warmed my heart. Uh, but the, the it's so true. Like we're lucky to have like every interaction we've had with people from Sox on Sox Twitter, whether it's at the park or otherwise, it's just been fantastic. Get out there, meet some friends, uh, make some friends and have a good ass time. But yeah, so you came through. You're in from out of town. You're having a good time. You're staying in Forest Park. I am. Yeah. Like a good half mile from where I'm at right now, which is yes. super convenient. Yes. Yes. Even though we went halfway around the world right. today. Um, <laughs> somebody, Steve, forgot the laptop and the mics. And the- and that somebody is the man who's sitting to my right. If you're watching this, the person who is on your left to me. Um, the one and only hot take, Tommy. You're throwing Willie P under the bus for forgetting all the No, things. Willie's the guy, man. <laughs> As Alex Rude already retweeted us. So thank you to shout out to Alex Rude for already saying, finally, a reason to listen to this pod. Willie is that dude. So make sure you are tuned into this episode. Thanks, Alex. You're that dude, too. Thank you. It's fucking thank fantastic. You. Well, okay. So since we're doing shout outs, uh, we have in front of us quite the uh, golden beverage here from the uh, the Piss of the Gods themselves. From the Piss of the Gods. <laughs> So, shout out to Modern Day Griswold. Um, hey, as hey, hey, Jimmy Vanicki. <laughs> we can use government names. He uses it on Twitter. Yeah, Jimmy Vanicki. So, cheers, Malort shot down the hatch, ladies Malort and gentlemen. Shot. Cheers, boys. Cheers. I almost put my pinky in Tommy's oh. shot glass. Love it. It always goes down nicely. Absolutely. And better with friends. And better with friends. No so, doubt. No doubt. There's our recap for you guys on how our week's been. We've had a great-ass time. That was Wednesday night, meeting up with you, Willie. 
Um, now, we wanted to know, uh, well, we want the people to know. Sure. Usually what we do when we have somebody on is we have them talk through their socks story, whatever that is to you. But basically, how did you become a fan? Why did you become a fan? Why do you let yourself suffer? It's, it's, <laughs> that's basically what we're getting at here. So take it away. Run us down. Who are you? Where did you come from? Nice. Yeah. So I was born in Oak Park. Um, lived there through kindergarten. And then the family moved out to Hinsdale. So I went to Hinsdale Central High School. Uh, my dad moved here. In, so my mom grew up like in Evanston, essentially, near Evanston. Um, my dad moved to Chicago in, I think, 1987. And uh, through work, he had access to some White Sox tickets and started going to opening day pretty much every year in 1987. That's a vibe. I was, I was born in 1992, so then he sort of just brought, brought <laughs> I was going to say, you're not that much older. No, no, no. <laughs> and he brought me into it, so just started going to exclusively White Sox games, which is weird because my mom grew up a White, uh, Cubs fan. From sisters, Edison, from, yeah, yeah, sister's a Cubs fan, but we'll for some it. reason, my dad and I have just always been siloed in that. In that White Sox silo, which That's has been fantastic. Absolutely yeah. beautiful. Now, what is the first opening day that you remember going to? Oh, man. That I remember? Probably 2000. Okay. Do you remember who the starting pitcher was opening no, day? No, I don't. Okay. I don't. It had to have been like James Baldwin or Jim Parkey. Right. It was, it was that era. Mike for Soraka. sure. For sure. Well, you, do you remember the old saying? Do you know the old saying, Willie, about that pitching staff? Mm-mm. Parquet, Soraka, then bring out the vodka. <laughs> That's I mean, those are some fantastic. good teams. Those are some good. Hey, 2000 fun was a great team. Yeah. They just ran into an even better Mariners team. Yeah, with a whole yeah. bundle of talent. So, but yeah, so that was it. And then in uh, I think it was 1999, my dad actually got season tickets for us. He got two of them. Um, and well, so, do you remember your section? Uh, the section. So we switched sections. Below, I don't know exactly what the section was, but it was right field line, pass first base. Like we were basically like in line where with right where the right fielder is, like gotcha. five rows. So, back. so like, like we were like where the security guards sit and like on those little stools and grab the foul balls when right, they come down. Right. Yeah. So yeah. it would have been. You're telling me it would have been basically like the perfect seat to watch Eloy karate <laughs> chop the left field ball. Yeah. Or karate oh, kick the ball. other way. Other way though. I was right field, not left field. Oh, right field. My bad. I'm an idiot. So it would have been a great place to, like, be almost 108 Yeah, right? yeah. <laughs> essentially, yeah. We got an OG yeah. 108 here, folks. And then basically. it moved up yeah, to the club level. Yeah. Fuck Beefo 2022, even though he's in the comments right here telling us to smash the like button. So <laughs> thank you, Beef. Uh, no, Tommy's no, being fuck a you, Beef. Fuck you, Beef. <laughs> no, we love you, Beef. Continue. I'm sorry. Dude. No, no, no. no. Not at all. Um, then moved up to the club level, and that is where... I had like the World Series playoff, all that kind of experience was <sighs> up there. Jealous, so it was man. Fantastic. Wait, so in 05, yeah. did you go to playoff games? Yes. Yeah. So which ones? Went to Game One of the DS. So saw the the blowout, the the Pesetnik's first homer. Yeah. Um. Yeah. That was that was an epic game. Then went to and actually in different seats. We like swapped seats with some of our friends. Uh, it was in left field for the Creedy walk off double, Perfect the, the Ozuna score, stolen right? base, the Perfect AJ strikeout game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that was great. And then game one of the series. So yeah, that was uh, that was it. Those three. Fucking vibes, man. Uh, I do not share an experience having gone to any playoff games. I actually you've so, been to one. Well, okay, yes. Courtesy so, of yours truly here. <laughs> yes, that's true. I got to see the Sox get like Absolutely massacred. Slammed. Yeah. Yes. Was that the clincher last year? Oh you? no, 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 no. We're talking this year. Literally the end the, of the season. Right. That's what I mean for oh, Houston. Yeah. Yeah. Houston oh, yeah, clincher. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It was ugly. 
very ugly. Guy behind us was crying. Except you saw the Gavin Sheets homework. I did see the Gavin Sheets homework. Steve was, was in the bathroom. Busy. That's nice. That's I should have nice. just stayed on the concourse the rest of the game, so blame it on me. Yeah, if, if, you, and if you need a scapegoat, Steve's your guy. Um, but that basically pours into my jealousy of pretty much both of you guys in this room. I fucking didn't see any important games going through my childhood. Steve's been to, like, fucking no-hitters, playoff games, blackout games, Tommy 500 home run. There have been a lot of blackouts at games that I've had. That is very true. <laughs> and how many games last year? Like 30-something, 30 Went to 35 home games, Damn. maybe blacked out Damn. in about a dozen of them. Yes, yeah, so fucking incredible. But you had season tickets growing up. That's like the biggest like pipeline to being a Sox fan. Yeah. That makes the there was most no sense question. in the world. So yeah, the the torture that we go through now is is it was warranted because <laughs> I grew up in a nice little golden era there. Like I didn't really like, I didn't understand what was happening in 1994. I was like two years old. So. Oh, <laughs> so I got the 2000s. I got 05, and now it's like all right, so, ready for another one. Let's go. So let me ask you this. I mean, you said your first opening day was 2000. So you clearly remember the blue seats. Oh yes. yes. Do you think it was a better transition to go with like the navy green yes. seats and and background and scenery drop that they have? Definitely. Is navy green a color? I think it's technically forest green. Uh, I meant army green. I don't know why or I said army navy green. green. Oops. <laughs> Army, Navy. <laughs> They're all the same, uh, But, right? yeah, I love the blue seats, honestly. I thought it was kind of yeah. kitschy and weird. Um, and the, I don't know. I like the green seats, too, though. I think it looks nicer. It just looks nicer on TV. A thousand percent classier, but... Classier, but not as... I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I've always loved about the Sox, though, is mm-hmm. that their stuff is so goofy a lot of the times. Like, old Comiskey was a little goofy. The scoreboard's goofy. Everything's goofy. So the blue seats just kind of, like, fit that. A thousand I loved percent. it. I loved it, but... Yeah. So yeah, but that's that's your socks story. That's where you grew up, right? But having known that <laughs> not only did you watch baseball a lot, you played baseball a lot. We I specifically do not share that experience. Steve thinks he was the greatest, you know, uh pinch runner in in uh Rockford history. I Could I think be. there are other people that, you know, would disagree. But <laughs> that Hey, I was a courtesy runner for the Jacob Wessendorf. So, hey, let's just say my speed on the base pa- base, pa- base pads was very valued. The Malord has already started to twist my tongue. It's great. <laughs> but I I would argue that you were probably more of a valuable valuable player on your team than Steve may have been. No offense, but you're a runner. So yes. <laughs> Run us through it. Run us through. What was your career like, uh, and what took you to the next level, basically? Um, Tell us it all, man, from beginning to end. Oh man. Um, so I, peewee. Yeah. So yeah, I played. <laughs> I played little league. I played t-ball. So yeah, I did all that, all the good <laughs> stuff. Yep. Uh, no, and then my dad actually was a coach for my tra- like early day travel teams when I was in like elementary school, middle school. So that kind of just got me like into it and just loving. Playing right. baseball like basically 365 days a year when I could, um, and then yeah, I played on the upper deck Cougars for my travel, my travel ball stuff. The upper deck Cougars, yes. As Wait. in Kane County's finest? As in no. As Wait, in just no. Random, because I mean, a random assortment you're, you're of people not a Kane, from Illinois. You're not a Kane Iowa. County guy. You grew up in? No, I grew up in Hinsdale. You so grew up I, in Hinsdale, yeah, which is Western suburbs guy. What count? What county is that? DuPage. Oh, it's DuPage, DuPage County, baby. Um, no, but upper deck Cougars. Upper Deck Cougars, yeah. No, it was just it was just an assortment of people from Illinois, the oh. Midwest in general, like Iowa, Indiana. Upper Illinois. Deck Cougars sounds mm-hmm. like old ladies that take craps in the <laughs> uh, like in the uh, on the upper part of the toilet, but like you know, 
I, I or else I'm hitting on younger dudes. I never thought about that's it. That's awesome. Way. That's hilarious. <laughs> Upper deck cougars. <laughs> Sounds like honestly like a. I'm not going there. And that's that you was, already did go there. First of we've all, we've gone there. We've gone there. That was the PG answer. Okay. <laughs> that that was the PG answer. So so now that we've dumpstered the team, the travel ball team that sure, you're on. Sure. Yeah. 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 <laughs> take us through. Take sure. Us through sure. That sure. Experience. Yeah. 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 No. So I also played high school baseball and college baseball. Right. right but yeah. Right. So you know, I was a third baseman for the most part as I was playing. Oh, regular then, Jake Berger. Regular Jake Berger, except I was not good at third base. So <laughs> that was an issue. Um, I wasn't really good anywhere. I'm not that fast. Oh, um, you should have talked to Steve. I know. I know. Yeah, I'm you, not a runner. You, you do so the speed training, with, yeah. and you help me with the arm training, which transitions perfectly to what you did, did what yeah. you transitioned to. So then I started pitching because I couldn't cut it as like a hitter. Infielder <laughs> just wasn't happening. Yo, same. Um, overhand, I didn't throw super hard, so I started to drop down to like sidearm, low three quarters. Ah. And that's sort of like where I found it. So I basically became like a sinker slider now, person, like that, a two pitch. Say, Sometimes change up, but basically sinker slider. Did that help with velocity or just movement? Just movement. Okay. Yeah, didn't help with velocity. I think it cut my velocity some, but for sure, that's for fine. Sure. I mean, but I it was... That- worth it because yeah, that's absolutely. the only way i could actually and i wasn't it. Yeah. a velocity and, and mind you i never played high school or college baseball so i was never on your level but when i was playing in little league you know in middle school okay i <laughs> don't fucking laugh at I, i'm so sorry asshole. i'm so sorry <laughs> hold on you want to tell your baseball story how you you were afraid of coach pitch and you got you got hit once and then all of a sudden oh twice yo fam okay so <laughs> my sorry for the sidebar but my <laughs> my little league Please. story was uh a little bit different i bounced out by about fifth grade because we went from coach pitch to kid pitch uh and i had experienced in coach pitch i was already a little skittish in the box right coach pitch i got beaned in the head twice and beaned like it was probably like a loft throw. But, That's never fun, though. But as a child, I was like, I'm being assaulted. Yeah, he took a 40 yeah. mile an hour fastball to the helmet, and he's all of a sudden scarred. He's going to therapy. <laughs> Yo, for real. I like couldn't stand in the box. And then, like, kid pitch comes around. And the one year of kid pitch that I did, I got hit in the shin. And my dad's like, Oh, like, I'm going to make you feel badass. Like, look, you can see the stitches of the ball in your leg. And I was like, Fuck that and then tommy was like therapy um, <laughs> <laughs> no what really happened is i was like volleyball is a bigger ball and it doesn't hurt as much to get hit by and so i went and played volleyball doesn't instead. feel great on your forearms but <laughs> yeah uh, you get used to you get used it to at it. least it's on your arms and you're con- in control of when you hit it and when you don't. fair <laughs> nobody's throwing it at you directly on purpose they're trying to miss you on purpose so i got into that sport See, but baseball's not about hitting people on purpose, usually. It might feel that way, but... (laughs) Tell tell fourth grade Tommy that, because he could have used that message. So now that Tommy's had his therapy session about baseball, uh, (laughs) let me bring it back. But I pitched as well. Now, there was this really funny diagram that my dad sent me the other day, and I'll... um, I'll pull it up for you too, Willie, so you can see it. I wish I could share it with the uh, with the crowd here too, but we're a little bit far away. As you can see, there's a more wide set picture here. Tommy and I are not sharing a bench this week, by the way, Fitz. So, <laughs> GFY. Um, now, I'm gonna pull up this diagram here. It's um, so catcher is toughest kid, coach's kid is pitcher, strongest kid is third base, which. I'm going to be honest with you, Willie. You you said you played third base. Were you the strongest kid? Were you the buff kid? No, I just sort of like fit the profile where like I wasn't tall, I wasn't skinny, and I was athletic enough. So it was like, it was that just that perfect mixture until 
And yeah, just yeah. told it stopped working. Right. <laughs> Best kid was at shortstop. Smallest kid, second base. Tallest kid, first base. Nicest kid, left field. Fastest kid, center field. Slowest kid, right field. They also put me in right field. Oh, that does nice. that totally checks out. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm not even hating on that for your athletic prowess, but you're five six on a good day. <laughs> on a good I'm day. Good when I'm and wearing shoes. Exactly. <laughs> and, and, and that definitely does not help your gait. Right. Um, when it comes yeah. to running. No, so it's like me and Andrew Vaughn. Right. Really same scenario. Right. So I felt, yeah, I the fit same. the bill. The weird thing <laughs> is like when I was in Little League, I fit the bill of like a few of these things. Like I'm not going to tote myself as the toughest kid, but I played some catcher okay. because I, you know, I had a little bit of grit, a tiny bit of grit. Just the enough. tiniest catcher in the league. Uh, possibly. <laughs> possibly. No, I was more, I was a little bit thicker in my middle school years, you know, so. Coach's kid. I was actually the coach's okay. kid in middle school, too. My dad was my coach for multiple years. Once I, I transitioned out of Boys and Girls Club, which was super competitive in the Rockford area, and I transitioned back to the youth league that was through my hometown, Roscoe Rockton, just north of Rockford. Um, and Roscoe I just Rockton. I started raking there. Uh, but I also got the opportunity to pitch. Um, and then fastest kid. So I played a lot of center field as well. Um, so... This diagram I, I relate to very much here. <laughs> yeah, so that being said, you made that transition from third base to pitcher. You was that you was your dad still involved with the no, team? No, we were uh, that was done after like sixth grade. Gotcha. Didn't want to gotcha. get it. When it got like actually competitive, he was like, Yeah. <laughs> so Hins Same. you went to Finally, you went to yeah. Hinsdale South? No, Hinsdale Central. Central. Hinsdale is there Central. a South? There is a South. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, see, see, it's weird. They're not in not the same dumb. conference, but yeah, yeah, there is a Hinsdale South. They're yeah, not yeah. even in the same conference. No, That's they're in hilarious. a different conference. Yeah. Now, yeah, yeah. what was the competition like on the high school level for you? It was okay. Like, 3A, 4A? Oh, uh, honestly, I don't even remember. It was Whatever the highest oh, number was for baseball. So yeah. 4A, yeah. Okay. Um, but it's funny because I grew up, like, grew up. I went to kindergarten and, like, continued going to synagogue with some of the kids from Oak Park. So like we had this inner competition of like OPRF versus Hinsdale, uh, which is yeah, funny. Yeah. OPRF, OPRF during my time had some like really very good teams. So that that was our competition. Well, Bonzi right. Valley was good. So like, okay. you know, there now, were teams in the play, area. That were did good, you play with? Our or, team was never that great. Yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah, okay. Yeah. So. But you were great. Exactly. Nah, I was okay. <laughs> hey man, D three talent baby, and that transitions to college, which I'll get to in a minute. Sure. But I want to ask you during your middle school, high school years. Who were some of the best players you played against and played with? Played against and played with. Um, trying to think. In high school, like, didn't play against a ton of actual pros that are pros now. Yeah. Like, I don't know, Mike Anderson was pretty good. Okay. And there were a couple people from, like, Downers Grove South that, oh, actually. Yeah. So, I, uh, Zach Birdie. Yeah. His brother, who's a year younger than me, and I think, trying to think, is Zach a year younger than that? But either way, the Birdie family. Yeah, were, Birdies our age. Yeah, so they did. Exactly. D, they were Downers Grove South, so we faced the Birdies a couple times. Okay. I, I mean, I wasn't a hitter at that point, so right. I didn't actually did they face look, it. But like, did they look that good? Yeah, and they were like getting recruited, so people were like, "Oh, okay, it's so like this is a Birdie okay. person." Yeah. Okay. Um, there was a family like that in the Rockford area for cross country. The Yunks. They're like they were infamous for being like the family of runners. So like I, I feel that yeah, on, yeah. on a level where it's like it feels weird because it's high school, but like people know who Absolutely. people are at that point. Yeah, and you play travel ball. Yeah, too. yeah, and in travel ball, that's where like the more fun part is because that team actually that I was on was very good. I was like the worst of the bunch, but I was still within that group, which was pretty fun, and I had my role for yeah. sure. Yeah. But 
Yeah, so I played with both Charlie Tilson and Jake Junis for like almost four years, crazy. three or four years. Yeah, Charlie Tilson, the Chicago dog. Chicago Tilson Sh- or Chicago Tilson. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus, stop feeding me alcohol, please, for the love of Christ. Yeah, what happened to two drink Tommy? Two drink Steve is coming out strong today. <laughs> but yeah, I still found out today yesterday. that Charlie Tilson's a Chicago dog now, which is kind of cool. Yeah. Yes, and yeah. So, <laughs> so yes, like all of the conversation on baseball being canceled, which we'll get to. We are all Chicago dog fans now with Charlie Tilson. I'm assuming in right field. Yeah, probably <laughs> just, in right just field. holding it down, maybe. <laughs> I want to see what Junis gets up to though, because I think they did just send him down towards the end of the year last year. Yeah. But... Struggling. I feel like he has enough there. He has enough there to yeah. He'll I mean, find a spot. I've talked about our Jacob Junis experience from my high school. Jacob Junis experience and and yeah. I mean, that team was really good in comparison to to what we were as a garbage ass private school in Rockford, <laughs> Illinois. Um, but yeah, okay. So I gotta ask you then in regard to Charlie and Jacob. Like, what was your relationship with them? With them, so. I mean, it was mostly just related to the travel team. So, like, whenever we go on trips and stuff, like, you're hanging out with them. Um, Charlie and I stayed in contact for a little bit longer just because I yeah. had his number. I don't have Jake's number. But, yeah, um, yeah, I don't know. They were – it was it was good. It was it was very friendly. And I feel like yeah. that whole team was kind of wholesome in a good way. Um, and they both come from good families, and they're just good dudes. So For sure, for sure. Rock Falls finest, you know. My Sox Summer, very proud of Jake yeah, and Yes, he is. Yes, he is. Uh, it's only because they share And he name. should be. He should be proud. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, what else has come out of Rock Falls slash Sterling? I mean, tell me right now. Like, My Sox Summer. My Sox Summer, exactly. <laughs> he honestly, him and Jacob Jr. Is that not enough for you? The area, okay. right there, yeah, right? Steve, is that not enough? <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. Oh, you got Fred Van Vliet. That's yeah, great. Yeah, baby, let's go. Hey, that's something. That's hey, something that is truly rockford's finest that and cheap trick <laughs> cheap, cheap trick. trick yep there it is again again as per usual steve sorry i had to you know most famous band so <laughs> but ta- take us through d3 then because that's your travel yeah, yeah, ball yeah. you're rubbing shoulders that with was the just elite players of the world you know now you're going into d3 more elite players the big leagues baby nah, you already the, know the me big, and big. you both know yeah, everybody knows D3 the midwest athletes, conference baby. big big the thing is you made it all four years i did i did make it all four years yeah i was a captain for two years Ooh, but no so i just like went to like little showcases because like that's what people on my team were doing so yeah. i was like kind of going doing the same thing realized division one wasn't happening right totally fine wanted to sort of stay midwest get a good education so then it all just sort of narrowed down did a visit at grinnell college Gr- Gr- grinnell grinnell not cornell not oh no we can say it's Cor- do you want to say it's cornell you went cornell. to cornell no <laughs> okay sure yeah, yeah. <laughs> It was great. It was great. No, but it, right between Des Moines and Iowa City. So, like, very rural Iowa. Small school. Like, oh, smaller yeah. than my high school. So, it was... Uh, oh, that's funny. It was a good experience. But it was a great experience. I mean, I've made... For sure. What was that... Tran- I, and this is a totally off baseball question. Like, what was that transition like to go from a bigger high school to a smaller college? It was... I liked it a lot, actually. That's cool. Yeah, because my high school is very, like... I don't know, Hinsdale. You know, it's very, like sort of just like a white bread school it's just kind of like that dude call it call it yeah call it what it is right yeah and so i went to grinnell which you wouldn't think but is like one of the most eclectic places to go like it's just one mm-hmm. of those like you know liberal arts schools that you get all these international people people from all over the country that's awesome and it was smaller and more tight-knit and that's just kind of like how i work i like it that way so all right. yeah it was great i loved it 
It's all about finding your niche, right? So that felt like I, I, if I can go back in time, I don't know that I'd go to the same college that I went to. Sorry, Steve, we never would have met, but it's like, I, I kind of did what my, literally what my grandparents, what my parents and what both of my older sisters did and went to North Park. Are you third gen or fourth? Grandparents. No, no great grandparents, no great grandparents, but grandparents, parents, both of my older sisters and then Tommy. Third gen at the one and only North Park University on the corner of Foster and Kedzie in the city. Yeah. Let's go. And don't get it twisted. That's North Park University, not college. Uh, but Correct. I, we are a university. So I didn't really go out of my comfort zone in that sense. And it sounds like you went and did something totally different in college. But you liked it. I loved it. Yeah, I loved it. And I wouldn't, I wouldn't do it differently, I don't think. I think that's, I would do it again. That's pretty, that's pretty fucking awesome. And, uh, that also translated to you being the fucking captain of the baseball team. So that's pretty cool. Yeah. That's pretty cool. It was fun. I mean, we had four captains, so I was one of four, but yeah, it was, uh, we had a big team. We were had, they we, like spread out over positions? Cause you were a pitcher. Yeah, it was spread out over positions. Okay. So I was like pitcher captain. We'll yeah. cut out the yeah. part where you said you were one of four. You, you were the captain. That's cool. I was yeah. the captain. <laughs> <laughs> Look at me. No. Look at me. I am, <laughs> I am the, the captain, captain now. <laughs> There's an old famous line right there. Oh, shit. So, now, your baseball story goes far beyond just your playing days. It does, yeah, yeah. Um, we need to hear, I heard from you beforehand that you've got some MLB experience as well, mm-hmm. not as, on the playing side. And just the but, fun stuff, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I need to hear all about this. Uh, yeah, so, to the genesis of the story, I guess, is that my uncle, his like really good friend back from Florida... Used to work for the Marlins. He was an assistant equipment manager with them. Became the head equipment manager of the Expos eventually. Um, and was up there R. for... R.I.P. Yes. But when the Expos moved back down to D.C., he stayed as the clubhouse manager. And the assistant, or the visiting clubhouse manager. So not the home side, the visiting side. So handling all the teams that come in, like cycling them in and out. Um, so my uncles worked in different various like little roles with the Nats just for fun in the clubhouse. Um, and in high school, he got me into do some bat boying and just sort of do like clubby stuff during high school, like during high school summers and stuff. And I loved it so much that Fucking I kept dream job. Seriously. It was crazy. And I did it all through my college summers. And then my first year out of school too. And it well. was like the most incredible. And this thing was paid. Ever. This was paid, yeah. That's oh, not paid, awesome. not paid very well. It was not paid very well. No, I'm, 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 they paid you as little as you could, but yeah, <laughs> yep. it was fantastic. Yeah, yeah. That's amazing. Now, what were some of your coolest experiences? Like, what did you enjoy most from all of that? Um, what did I enjoy most from all of that? I mean, getting to Bat Boy was probably the coolest part, just because yeah. like there is no simulating the environment of like the intensity, but also the fun and like the craziness of an MLB dugout. Like, some games were different, and, and t- some teams were different. Like, they didn't get along as well. It's just different. But just being in the dugout on a game day is it's still, like, I mean, I was I did it probably. I mean, if I wanted to count the games, I actually did it for probably 100 games or less, 80 to 100 games. But even, like, the 80th or 100 game, it was still, like, nerve-wracking. You're still out there. You're still, like... Hell yeah. It was, it was crazy. Yeah, shit. Sure. I mean, you're literally rubbing shoulders with celebrities in a very real way, like here's your bat yeah <laughs> like, and in a very personal way too because like that was just the fun part of it was like the, the actual once the game starts but we were there we received the truck with all their equipment from where they came from 
We unpack it all. We do the laundry they just came with because they don't do laundry beforehand. We have to do it when they get here. Oh, those assholes. Laundry was yeah. a huge part of the job. Laundry oh, and cleaning shoes and, oh, and all of that. Yeah, so it was a lot it of It gets a little grimy too, It right? gets very grimy. Oh, yes. yeah, yes. absolutely. But it's worth it because it's, it's weird juxtaposition of like having it be very grimy and very like hands-on, wearing gloves, like doing shit, but then also get to bat boy and be on the field for sure. the playoffs, which is, you know, Yeah, that's crazy. And, and during the playoffs too? Yeah, uh, yeah. So there was... The 2014 NLDS when the Giants were in town. Go Giants. I, I was the bat boy for that one. They didn't, it's That's not that they didn't so. trust me, but they just had the home side bat boys do it typically for the playoffs. But in my last year, uh, Rosie was just like, yeah, go ahead. Can, That's cool. That's cool. Well, you have a really cool, I, Tommy's a big Bruce Bochy lover. I mean, if, if Bruce Bo- Bochy, never mind, I'm not going there. Um, <laughs> well, let's put it this way. If we were going to, no, Jeez. no, 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 no. If we were going to hire an old retired manager, it shouldn't have been Tony. It should have been Bruce. It should have been Boach. But you got a cool Boach story, so you want to tell us that one? Sure, yeah. Uh, so during the playoffs, like the, the players always get in there you know, two days in advance. They're there practicing. They're getting used to the environment. They're taking batting practice and fuel all that stuff for a couple days. Just getting used to it. And then... You know, and I was in charge of the manager's room as far as equipment and everything. So I would, you know, once laundry's done, I'd take all the manager's stuff, go hang it up, put his shoes in there, clean them up, put them, put them away. And when I was in there the day before the series started, Bo- Bochi looked at me and he goes, Boach. Boach looked at me and he goes, all right, I'll give you a hundred bucks if we win tomorrow. I'll give you a hundred bucks if we win game two and I'll give you an extra hundred if we win both. Motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> that is the coolest shit. He's literally laying bets with. The bat boy. Yeah. Oh, like, that's fucking... See? And, vibes. Anyway, continue. Yeah. So, Giants end up winning game one. They end up winning game two, which I don't can't remember if it was one or two was the longest. It was an 18-inning game, which is, like, tied for the longest game in playoff history. This is... Okay. Quick sidebar. Tell that fun fact, because that's actually a really weird thing that I feel yeah, like nobody strange. in baseball shares with you this experience you were at so I was yeah I was the bat boy for that one and then I when I was living in LA for that one year I was there I went to the World Series versus Boston where that 18 inning marathon happened there too so I was at both of the longest postseason games in history which is wild that is it's so just random. like uh that shit I feel like could only happen to somebody who's like a crony who's in the game <laughs> at like as many games as possible. A fucking bat boy. Yes. So And that... I went to the World Series game alone because like nobody wanted to pay whatever it was for the ticket. Which wasn't actually bucks. that absurd, all things considered. It was very oh, reasonable. Pretty but cool. Yeah. I still went alone, but it was it was awesome. Yeah, it right. was a great experience. I had to run off for a second as our live viewers just saw. <laughs> yeah. Um somebody was just going around collecting political signatures. Um mm-hmm. Typical. Did you sign? Yes, to get them off the porch. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So, no, and I'm glad I heard the Boach story before this, so I didn't miss out on that. Um, Now, Boach, Boach, you you said you got the first win with him. I I don't remember if you got the full $300. Yeah, he did. So the way it happened was they won both games in D.C., and, like, that's all he was worried about. He's like, while we're here, they only had two games in D.C. Because it's the NLDS and it sucks, and they only play (laughs) both games. But 
they won those two and then they won them all. And so we were like packing up their stuff. And like, and usually getaway day is like super quick. Like once the game's over, it's like pack the shit up. They're getting ready. They like shower fast, get dressed fast and they're out of there. But during the playoffs, there's like that gap kind of, of time. So they were taking their time and like we were putting stuff away. So I just walked over to Bochi's room and was like packing up his bag for him and everything. He's like, where the fuck's my money like, at? He's like, I owe you something. Don't That's I? That's amazing. And I was like, didn't want to say yes, but I was like, mm, for sure. You said Something. Man of his word. <laughs> Man of his to, word, yeah, right? Trying not to. And I he did, that. and he stuck to it. So That's that was, awesome. That was really cool. Yeah. Now, we did have Fids in the comments here on uh, on YouTube, and he asked about the weirdest player routine. So I'm kind of curious to oh, know. Oh, the weirdest player the weirdest, routine. The weirdest player routine that you ever saw. Um, Wow. Can you keep it PG? There, yeah, <laughs> no. I think the weirdest thing you see is just, like, there's always that one rogue guy that sort of has his own idea for how to warm up like mm -hmm. everybody's sort of like they all guy. go out there for bp and they do like a quick little like you know what are they called dynamic warm up yeah, yeah, yeah. sort of thing and they all kind of do it together they play catch and then like occasionally you'll just see like a catcher out in the bullpen doing some weird like armband squats i don't, can't think if there's anybody specifically that i can remember but i will think about this as we keep talking and then i'll bring it back that's pretty cool though just to know that <laughs> there's usually if not always one eclectic guy oh, who yeah. just doesn't quite and it's either a catcher or a pitcher typically i love that yeah i love that did you were you that guy at all as no a pitcher? no i was pretty oh, like straight edge as a I love as that. a pitcher yeah i, I, like, I kind of edge too. of being a weird pitcher but i think that helped me i think <laughs> well this is a perfect transition about tommy talking about being straight edge and not having <laughs> his first beer until his 21st birthday because I was going to ask you, obviously you were in your young adult years when you started doing all of this, right? Yeah. I, so yeah, it started like in high school, but then I, like after I graduated college, I did it for one more year. So yeah, there was a period right. from before and after. Oh, okay. Probably. Okay. Yeah. So even, you know, even your before or even after years, who of all of the players that you encountered would be like the kind of guy to take you out on town, like just absolutely party it up with you that's interesting. from your from your perspective that's interesting because i feel like there are guys that are like you can tell they're just like party guys and they'd sort of take anybody <laughs> and they just do whatever and like if thinking like probably like the phillies jonathan papelbon that's probably Whoa. like <laughs> that's probably the, the guy that would be like willing to do that that's yeah, funny yeah that was fun um but the coolest guy that I met was Jared Hughes. I don't know if you know who he is. He's a reliever. He used to be on Pittsburgh. Okay. That's where he started. I don't, think he's, I don't think he's in the league anymore. Yeah. But he was the coolest because I was just like putting, again, putting his laundry away, like doing the, the clubby thing. He's yeah. like, so like, he's like, what's your deal? And I was like, I'm doing what? my job. <laughs> you're, you're talking. Um, so I was like, yeah, I'd play college baseball. I'm just doing this for the summer and I'll be back next summer. And yeah, just nice getting to know the teams that come in and everything. And he, so he, He's like, oh, what do you do? You pitch? Do you play infield? So I told him my pitch. I threw sidearm. And he was also a sinker baller. And go. so he was, like, oh. showing me how to throw a sinker. Like, just right there in the club. I was just, like, he was in, like, shorts Absolutely. and a t-shirt. Yeah. Was that helpful for you? Uh, yeah, it was super helpful. That's Yeah, it was just a grip more than anything. Because I feel so like cool. my arm slot was okay. But the grip, yeah. That's awesome. That, hey, getting advice things. from real major leaguers is really dope. So I, I mean, like that. I feel like he was the one guy that actually like had one connection with. That was Jared Hughes. Jared Hughes. Yeah. All right, shout out to Jared Hughes. Yeah, I gotta I gotta look up Jared Hughes. I don't know much about. Well, him. he's a big then, listener, so I don't know. Kfids might know Renee Latchman, but he was a former player and coach. Played. Oh yeah. Coach for the Rockies. 
but he was also oh, at the Marlins when my boss in the clubhouse was working with the Marlins. And so they oh, went yeah. back like 30 years, like wow. forever. And so whenever the Rockies came to town, Ren- Renee Latchman would just like stick around while we were like handing out laundry. Everybody would always leave, but he would stick gotcha. and he'd, he'd, like help us pass out laundry and stuff. And he was just like the best shit talker. So I would love to go out. I would love to go out with Renee Latchman. He was a maniac, but in the best way. That's freaking incredible. So now, ye, living on the West Coast now, you're a West Coast guy. I am a West Coast You ditched us. You left Shout out Chicago. my sock summer. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I know. This one time when I lived on the West Coast. Um, what is the best thing outside of the weather that... Oh. That you oh, enjoy about this the West I have Coast. an answer for for sure. Um, 4 p.m. starts for East Coast games. Ooh, I damn. would have never thought that. of that because damn. I work on the West Coast, and oftentimes when you're working at like a nationwide company, the West Coast stuff like slows down at the end of the day, whereas the East Coast stuff on their end of the day doesn't slow down. So by four o'clock, I'm ready to like start watching some sports or doing something, and it's just so nice that. Everything happens at four, and then the, the local games happen at seven, and they're done by ten, eleven, and then that's incredible. You can have like I a normal schedule with all with all the with all the sports going. You on. asshole! <laughs> that, <laughs> but that is absolutely the best part. That's pretty. Sure. That's pretty fucking fantastic. I guess I don't think about that because they really like a lot of even playoffs. Like they jump through hoops to get the LA market into whatever and, game is scheduled, right? So and, people can watch it. Yeah, and so that's you. They're well, they don't do that with baseball, really, because. People oh, baseball fucking scheduling. Coast, yeah. right. We, I mean, you've heard every fucking week we complain about baseball and how they schedule shit like at 4 p.m. on a fucking Tuesday or some shit. Like there's, there's just no rhyme or reason why MLB does the shit that they do. Yeah. Fuck them. <laughs> right now. Well, absolutely. Exactly. <laughs> Once again. As excellent. much as I love them. Yes. Fuck them. <laughs> usually i'll say this about our podcast usually i'm the segue guy i got like the I, i'm usually the guy that segues from one thing to another tommy is on it today <laughs> someone's got to do it and, I, do and it. Say, saying the fuck mlb thing is perfect because we're in a transition to talking about baseball being canceled right now um and not cancel culture canceled but rob manfred <laughs> canceled yes different, different um obviously the cba has been a complete disaster um, and I think all three of us in the room right now are on the same page of like, hey, this is on the owners. This is on, you know, Major League Baseball as a whole. This is not on the players when you break it down, right? So I wanted to do a segment with you sure. while you're here called Like It, Love It, Hate It, or Recreate It. And I wanted to go through some main points of the CBA with you. And just get your thoughts on them, especially as a former collegiate D3 (laughs) all-star. That's going a little far. Willie P. (laughs) So whether you like this, you know, we're going to go through a list of things. You can say you like it. You know, you're like not in love with it, but you like it. You love it. Like, this is perfect. Hate it. This should absolutely be shut down. Or recreate it. Just say, hey, this needs to be tweaked. Tweaked. So... First one, I want to talk about expanded playoffs with you. Do you like, love, hate, or want to recreate the playoff system? I'm somewhere like just underneath hate. It's not that I like. I think it would be good because it would get more eyes on like the, the important part of the season, and mm-hmm. I think that's important for the game. However, I love the current format where it's like yeah. oh, you can't win your division. Sorry, like, and you're not the best, the next best team. Sorry, like you're out. 
I like that part of it a lot. Um, I do wish that they could make it seven games for the DS and just have three seven-game rounds. Like, that, it just makes no sense why they wouldn't do that. For sure. Um, but, yeah, so if they do expand the postseason, like, I'm, I'm game. I'm game, but, nah. Yeah. Not, not a huge fan. I think it's hard because you think of a team like, for example, I think of this year's Toronto Blue Jays, right? Really prolific offensive team with a lot of talent on it. It would be really fun to watch in a playoff format. Plus a uh, fresh Robbie Ray. And, yeah, you're right. The, the AL East kind of, like, ruins that a little bit because... Right. I mean, not as much anymore because I don't think the Yankees and Red Sox are as And the Orioles are crazy very, very bad. Were. Yeah, no, the Orioles sure. are bad. But, yeah, you're right. There are <laughs> definitely instances where, like, a very, very good team Yeah, and, I, and they I, should. And I get... Because the, the Blue Jays would have done fine in the postseason. They would. We don't even know what they could have won. You know, they could. Yeah. yeah. Who knows, right? Who knows? Especially when it comes to postseason baseball, right? Yeah. Who would have thought the, for example, the Nationals would have won? Exactly. Right. Mm-hmm. Or the Braves, even for that matter. Exactly. They Braves won, this year is yeah. perfect. Yeah. yeah. So I mean, like that's that's the toughest part about all of that. Like, it, it's really hard to say. Like, okay, even like the second best team in a division could be way better than a division winner. Um, and that's a lot it of. It happens all the case. time, though. Yeah. yeah. So. I get a little bit of expanded postseason. I like 12. I hate 14. Yeah, that's where I am, too. If they're going to do it, 12 is more than acceptable. I'll still be like just as happy. Should but yeah, be good. 14 seems kind of acceptable. Should be good. <laughs> and then the one-two buy. Do you like the one-two buy thing? I don't like buy. I don't like the buy. Oh. I, I'm anti-buy. So what would you do in that case? Um, I Okay, this is, you know, this has been brought up by so many people. Not yeah. an original idea. But I love the idea of the top seed picking opponent. Because I think Ooh. that you get more teams in the postseason that way. And you get eyes on it. It's like they it's, could make it yeah. like a little it's like event. Like a hell. tiny event to make it like. It's this like, is like the picking. So like we're going to pick. We're going to have an hour long exactly. MLB Network special. It's where like we like pick, a, Yeah, or ESPN. I think ESPN would want to or ESPN, that shit yeah. up. I mean, yeah. oh my God. God, that's I think that would be perfect. amazing. Yeah, it's get the like, team captains on there. Like, have like fucking Tim Anderson or Jose Abreu on there, saying like, "Yeah, we want to play against the fucking I don't know." Right, and then explaining it. You know, right. like we're they don't we're even have to explain. It just can be like, or just this be like, "F you, yeah. we want these guys." Yeah, like CNL, like exactly. Hey, um, Tampa Bay, ready to go fucking toe to toe? Like that? Yeah, exactly. quality television. Right, like we'll see you in Tampa. Absolutely. Right? I mean, we'll see like, you in Chicago or whatever. Yeah, exactly. You know, like yeah. I mean, LeBron James. The decision style i'm taking know? my talents to south not as Beach. not quite as douchey but yes, yes. <laughs> i mean bring the douchey too that would be so fucking like have i mean look if you had nick castellanos on screen for that you don't think he would be throwing shade left and right or yeah, it depends on who you get up there right no yeah. if you have mike trout he'd be like buttoned up and be like you know what um we really thought very hard about this and uh we do want to play against the marlins um and it's like meanwhile right, if you true, had somebody true. be like how the fuck did the marlins get the playoffs yeah we'll play those guys yeah like that would be fucking quality tv that this league fucking yeah needs. they need some kind of thing oh my yeah. god that's actually goddamn brilliant i i know it's been said before but thinking about it in the sense of like a tv event yeah that's cool right before the postseason then you get that and then now all of a sudden it's like oh eyes are on the postseason which really is like the issue. That's the issue right right exactly it builds up that momentum for the postseason yeah. now the next one, I, I know we were talking about getting more eyes on Major League Baseball, and I think, personally, I think Major League Baseball offered the right thing, and they're heading the right direction with the universal DH. Would you agree or disagree with that? 
Yes, I love the Universal DH. Me too. Huge high fan. Key. High huge, key. Huge, huge fan. I know. So we're all agreeing, which is like not not amazing. But my, <laughs> my whole reason for it is like I don't mind the theory, the idea of pitchers hitting. They just don't take it seriously. Like if right. they were good at it and they tried and it wasn't just such a liability every time they come through the lineup and you couldn't just like work – work your inning around it as a pitcher being like knowing the pitcher's coming it's just like that part of it kills it for me it's like what are we doing watching a guy take three or four pitches just like literally not even move their bat yeah like that happens so often i know it's just that's just so bad so bad it's 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 a poor product when full full stop it's a poor product but that being said like you do have a lot of touch points in national leagues whether it's you live in San Diego now. Padres are good. You're going to games at Pito Park, uh, Petco Park. Um, Why do you keep saying that? <laughs> I just get it wrong. I'm sorry. I don't know. It sounds weird. <laughs> you sound very weird. weird. <laughs> <laughs> so, so you're going to Petco Park. You you literally bat boyed for the Nationals. What like did any of those experiences of watching like pitchers hit is. Are you gonna miss even a little bit of it, or is it all like nah, like it's fucking like that doesn't matter. To that you. doesn't matter. Uh, nah, good riddance. What are the fucking touch points for? I mean, you had Lance Ling hit hitting a, a single to score a run in in Milwaukee. Milwaukee. Yep, and the the Dylan Cease rake game in Cincinnati. That's that was right. Epic. That That's was so... like so you do you have isolated moments like that and like isolated, Mad Bum can hit like there are yes. people that can do it, but it's. If we're talking percentage-wise, I would say we, 95% of pitchers do oh, not care. Easily, do not care. Easily. I mean, we would have never, never had the big, sexy, great moment either, you know, with Bartolo. Sure. There are moments, so. but, like, yeah. But then again. You'd yes, have more epic games if there was a DH. Yeah, it's way better for the like product. Like, one through nine, yeah. Way better. Um, speaking of the product of Major League Baseball, um, Major League Baseball has said that they want to do the top five draft selections. Um, being NBA lottery style picks. Sure. What do you think about that? I don't have a super strong opinion on this one. I kind of like it because I feel like there needs to be some ambiguity at the top of the draft. Like you can't just guarantee we have the worst record. We're getting the first right. pick because that's just like way too much incentive to have the worst record. Period. Oh, for sure. I I like some kind of mix, but I feel like they don't have to go past three teams because I feel like. Oftentimes in the MLB draft, there's not a consensus like first pick, second pick, like you get in the NBA draft or the NHL draft or the NFL draft, where it's like if you don't get the first pick, you know you're not getting this person. That happens sometimes, but it doesn't happen all the time. So I'm okay with just a small number of teams doing a lottery. Yeah, there's not always a Bryce Harper. There's not always a Carlos Correa. Especially the way the MLB draft works, where people don't always take their best player in the first round. Like sometimes they. Oh yeah. With yeah. Thousand percent. Like I mean, I mean that's what the White Sox were thinking the year they drafted Crochet. I think in a sense, like I mean they took the Texas Gatorade all you know all state player in uh, Jared Kelly. Right. They took the higher ceiling second. Right. But they took. Thousand percent. So like, it doesn't matter as much at the top exactly how. Yeah, it yeah, is. yeah. But I mean, maybe do it to the. Honestly, I'd be fine with ten teams to even incentivize more. Like, oh yeah, don't be that bad. So oh, my, yeah, they my, can extend. My move it is si- my yeah. move is six. Okay. Like, I okay. think six is perfect because it's the worst team in every. Di- like, ideally, I mean, not it may not add up to be that, but you know, you're basically on average taking one team from each division. Yeah. I that I think I like that as a like a recreate for this one like getting expanding it even more than it already is but you know that the owners pushed back on it already like 
the fucking Orioles and the Pirates want to have control of the best possible players by losing as much as possible, which is icky and annoying and and it's so apparent it's yes it's so fucking obvious and like you can tell that the orioles fans don't show up for a fucking reason like they cheer for chris davis because they have to not because they want to like uh, it's it's just yeah it's it's a bummer yeah. for the fucking game so so right now we're we're at like expanded postseason you you kind of hate it you'd probably recreate the buy you don't want that you no like buy. you love the universal dh you are liking the the draft pick kind of selection here. yeah yeah okay okay so the next the next one's a little bit more complex steve i think you were grabbing at the mic here well, I mean, I, I did want to make a comment. I, you made a Baltimore comment. I always do. I don't know. After being at Camden Yards, which is a great ballpark, by the way, um, I have a little bit of a soft spot for the Orioles. Don't sleep on the Orioles. If they go out, honestly, they'd be the perfect team to sign Carlos Correa. But I'll leave it at that. Um, oh, give me that look. But what's the one gap that they have in their minor league system? And what is and what do they have? They have a ton of capital. They are in a decent market. And their minor league system... They're in a they're in a market. I mean, it's decent. It's the AL East. They well, it's the AL East, but it's also any anyway. and the Nats siphoned off a tiny bit of Thank it. That's you. Yeah, you're right. You're right. You. That's Thank true. You. That's oh, true. that's also going back. Back, one of the coolest experiences I had in the clubhouse was every year the Nats and Orioles would do a oh yeah a series, and every time the Orioles came when I was there, Buck was the manager. Ooh, love Buck that. is pretty gruff, pretty oh, pretty particular, yeah, entertaining. Yeah, yes, I love him for I love sure. Buck. But so my my boss was like always paranoid about like making sure that he had like an okay way to get home and like didn't want him to like take a cab. So he had me drive him home. So I got to drive. No Buck shit. Buck Alter back. Every Hold time. on. How the, did the, you? We almost missed this one. That's amazing. Yeah. yeah. That's so fucking cool. Um, but also like Buck Walter. But it's Buck Walter. <laughs> yes, exactly. Yeah. Um. But did you want me to explain this next one on our um, what what is the name of the segment again? <laughs> like it, love, love it, it, hate, hate it, it, or recreate it. it. That's it. Um, you want me to go? Yeah. Yeah. You do. Okay. So it. the MLB offered to eliminate draft direct draft pick compensation, um, the qualifying offer system. So basically, if a team doesn't, pardon me, they lose a draft pick if another like for example they don't offer. White Sox example would be a perfect example. Don't offer Rodon the qualifying offer. Somebody signs them. No draft pick. No draft pick. Do you like that? Do you... I... Again, I'm like a little bit ambiguous. I don't hate it. I don't like it. Mm -hmm. I think that the team that loses the player should get like a comp pick. Okay. And the team that signs them shouldn't have to give up anything. Yeah. Fair. Yeah, I think that's sort of like a good, a good little middle ground. I don't hate that. Don't so like, there's still some incentive for that team to like, yeah, sign the player, but it's also not totally screwing, you know. For sure, yeah. for sure. I think like if you don't sign the guy, don't sign the guy. That's kind of where I'm at yeah, with the whole okay. system, and Just you don't need it. to. Yeah, okay. you don't need to do anything. Yeah, we're more we're in the boat of like eliminating the draft entirely <laughs> so it's oh, like I know. Yeah. so you are you but, are yeah <laughs> oh i'm a thousand i'm a thousand percent because it's like i don't know like this this whole i feel like the attitude of like a player should wear one uniform their entire career is very old school 
And I mean, mind you, I'm thankful for the Paul Canercos. I'm thankful for the Jose Abreu's. I'm thankful for the Frank Thomases, even though he went to the A's for a second. Like, and the Blue Jays. And Blue Jays. But like <laughs> those type of characters. But it doesn't mean that Jim Tomei's not loved by both franchises he played for. Like yeah. both franchises spent most of the time with. I was going to say, he played for four of them. But, but you know, the Cleveland fan base and the Chicago fan base yeah, both true. love him to death. Even you know, the Phillies fan base does, to be honest with mm-hmm. you. Phillies, Phillies fans love him, yeah. It's hilarious. For sure. But I get it. You know, and... But they do. Yeah, like, Phillies fans, you know, have a whole nother... That's another conversation. <laughs> if you're loved in Philly, you know you're a good dude, though. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. That's, that's a good like point. That's, like, the perfect litmus test. Do people like you in Philadelphia? <laughs> <laughs> now, like, but that being said, like, I, I don't necessarily care about, like... Because that, that whole thing is, like, the draft pick compensation is, like based around the fact that like a team should be tr- making and endeavoring to keep a player on their team. And if they're not trying to keep that player on their team, they should get compensation for losing said player. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like yeah. it's all like, that's all centered around the idea of owner, uh, like club ownership of a player, which I, hate the idea. I just have, yeah, I have a visceral, like, this guy shouldn't be fucking owned by a club that selected him at 20 years old. Like he should be and able he to, he has no agency in anything. Exactly. Really. Like yeah. if I belong to the club that selected me in quotes in at 20 years old, I'd still be at lose. Like, fuck, I don't want to <laughs> work at Lou Alnati's for the rest of my life just because they selected my contract. You know what? I, like that's the business side the of it. The scale's a little different. It's, it's totally different. It's very <laughs> different. I'm not in the top zero point one percent of whatever it is that i was doing over there managing managing a pizza probably what, were, I, thank you thank you <laughs> i thought i did a decent job but like th- i think it's in the same vein where it's like we treat athletes like so very differently because they're on a pedestal i get it but also fuck i mean they're in a business they're doing their best to get paid what they are owed as athletes in the top again 0.01% or whatever it is of their profession fuck i mean they should be allowed to have agency over their own damn like careers so off the soapbox me getting off the soapbox i was going to say you need him in also minutes up next week next week we'll <laughs> get back had to it. it that was it right there <laughs> okay but we we got to get back here on track so there was a uh, mlb proposed this is i i don't think this has been like accepted by the players association yet i'm not sure i don't think it has but there's like this this committee around opening up the conversation on playing rules mm-hmm. so Okay, let I just got to get this right, so I'm going to read it straight up. There was a committee comprised of this is what the MLB offered. It's a committee that's comprised of active players, individuals selected by the office of the commissioner, boo, and an umpire, also boo. Um, so they'd be responsible for like kind of adjudicating new rules being added this is all hypothetical again sure. but what do you think of that like is this a positive move is this like a lateral move does it fucking matter at all um it feels like a lateral move to me just like off the cuff but 
Also, who's going to be on this committee that they hire? Like, that matters to some degree. So you're in the camp of, like, Because, like, we have the it. writers in charge of the Hall of Fame. That's a disaster. Like, we, <laughs> they need to get the decision right of, like, who's making the rules right. for the team. And, like, maybe it's just, like, random people we don't know. Yeah. Special advisors. But in, in general, how do you feel about those rule changes? So, like, for example, pitch timer, ABS, which is the automated ball strikes, and then, like... Bigger base, bigger bases struck me, and there were yeah. a lot of memes that came out. I think it, the bigger bases one is funny because why not? Because right. it's for safety, right? Like that's the oh, whole idea. Percent. It's not going to make a huge difference. I mean, they don't need it, to be really enormous. Not, it could make zero but, difference. Yeah, right? they don't need to be enormous. Yeah, but, I mean, make them a little bit bigger for sure for sure. safety purposes. Yeah, yeah. Just reminds me of like the safety bag is like a little leaguer. And, that oh, that's off to the side. <laughs> that's cute. We, I, I, I grew up in the Rockford area, so we were far too. Behind the times. For that. Okay, okay, okay. You were using, like, pillows, actually, instead of... Oh, we had shit. And they were, like, nailed <laughs> nailed into the dirt. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm sure you guys had nice plastic bags that were very... Uh, with the time... Anyway, you're you're fine over in Rockford. When's the first time you pitched with a rosin bag? That's the real question. Oh, man. Uh, I don't know. Middle school, probably, like... Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. We didn't have... Yeah, yeah we didn't have rosin bags, so... So like, you were with that money teams, money teams... I mean, like, I don't even think... It's not even that crazy. Maybe some of the travel baseball teams did, but we... Oh, yeah. I think it depends on the tournament you're into. Yeah. yeah. It feels like middle school. Maybe high school. There's a reason why, like, my first year back in the league that I played in for, like, my last four years of baseball, like, I think my batting average was, at the end of the year, almost 700. So, like, I... I, Oh, yeah. Your man's can rake, Tommy. 700. Your man's can rake. You're doing the, uh, the oh, like, I went like three for four, like, every like I just sw- like swinging bunt, like run as fast as you can. Shit. No, no, I, I had a little bit of pop, not a ton of pop. I wasn't, I wasn't Chris Haynes. That was our third baseman, the big kid who could slug it out <laughs> yeah. with a big like arm. you. Uh, yeah, like, will sure. it be, we'll go with that. Yeah, <laughs> but you know, I, I was, I was like Nick Madrigal mixed with like, it was Nick Madrigal. I was Nick Madrigal. Be honest with you. I, I roll. Insert right. eye roll. One home run. <laughs> no, he had a couple. He had a couple before. He did. He, he, did. Sucks, he so. did. My God. Well, okay. So you're kind of in the camp of like either like recreate so the yeah, playing yeah. rules. I can go. Or... I can go through these. So like, yeah, 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 I would yeah. say like bigger bases. I'm all for it. I don't think it'll make a huge difference in the game if it's gonna help with people like not stepping on each other's ankles and getting out for months at a time. I'm all good with that. For sure. Uh, ABS. And... ABS. Yeah, that's a tough one. I say yes. As long as, like, Ooh. as long as the feel is correct, where, like, their solo home plate umpire for, like, hit by pitches, plays at the plate, yeah. stuff like that. Yeah. That was I'm good with that. It's, so, like, if it feels right watching. I like that there's yeah, no ambiguity. Sure. Although I will miss it a little bit. There's a part of me. But I'm all, I'm all for it being right. correct. I'm all right. for it being correct. And uh, the other one was... Um... Pitch clock, right? Pitch clock. Pitch, uh, pitch clock. I mean, they already have one technically, like in the yeah. rules. So I would be okay with them being like umpires. We're putting this in place, like enforce the twelve seconds, please. Mm-hmm. Like it doesn't have to be perfect. Like I don't want a clock where it's like, oh, the clock goes off. Like, oh, that's a ball. Like fifteen uh-huh. seconds is okay. Ten seconds is okay for Mark Burley. But like, just I think there needs to be more like enforcement for of sure. just like speed the game up a little it's, bit like not have the umpires be like yeah do whatever you want just be like all right let's exactly. go exactly it's go. nuts that i can get like through a six to four like six runs of four runs game on mlb the show in less than an hour but an entire major league baseball game is three three plus you know yeah three yeah. and a half yeah exactly yeah i mean fuck if it, even if it was just like you know you're the pitcher takes over 12 seconds once the 
umpire calls time, flags him, says, hey, first warning, like, and then, like, you're allowed to go. Like, even if that was, like, a 13-second pitch or whatever, it doesn't necessarily have to count as a ball right Right, away, it doesn't have like, to be, like, an immediate horrible hey, consequence. That bitch, feels very weird like, to me. Yeah, exactly. It's like, oh, I went 13 seconds, like, whatever. But, like, also, hey, there's your first warning. Here's your second warning. An inning later, like, yo, you need to make sure that pitch is under 12 seconds. And then third time you do it, hey, look, that that's a ball. You know, yeah. or something like that is that's reasonable there's a way to do it in other words that i i agree with you steve you have to disagree it's a podcast nah <laughs> what all right next one like love hate recreate there's this idea of of service time and trying to figure out this mm. whole manipulation of service time so the mlb offered that players finishing first and second in rookie of the year voting would receive a full service time would receive a full year of service time regardless of the days they spent in the MLB. So, for example, Chris Bryant, his rookie year, would have received a full year because he finished, yeah, like he was rookie of the year. So, thoughts on that, first and second, or expansion, like, love, hate, recreate? I would even go farther than that, say top five. I think that they're, they're, they just have to, I don't know, because then you kind of incentivize the teams away from doing it. But I think that if you call a guy up, he can be up for as long as he needs to. And if he is going to be top five rookie of the year, then right. your team's way better off for it. And that year of service time doesn't matter as much. And like, if you look at the KB situation, like the last year didn't really matter anyway, because they traded him, Right. So it's like, for sure. I think that you should incentivize teams to call them up and then incentivize the players where if they are finishing top five, yeah. then they're rewarded for that. Absolutely. Absolutely. And it shows like team investment. In a player exactly. too. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, if I were to recreate it too, I think I mean like what Cy Young gets how many? Like I mean Cy Young is like how many voter? It's five five guys who were nominated or is it three? I can't even remember off the top of my head. I think it's five. I want to say it's five. Um, five is perfect. I think five is absolute. I agree with well, I had too much agreement right now. I know. Yeah, too I much agreement. Totally. Tommy, what are your thoughts? I uh, fuck you both. Um, I <laughs> no, I I mean expand it, but I think it should be in more categories like. I don't know if you have gold glove consideration. If you have, like, I don't know. There's player incentives for even how many games you play, right? Just staying healthy. So yeah. staying healthy. Like, all of those should play into the service time that you're getting got. I, I just, like, but again, I also want to eliminate the draft and all ownership of players. So it's like, but, I, I'm yeah. coming from a different kind of vein, basically. I, I would say it's it's a good step but it's not enough that that's where i'm sitting at with this because it's not gonna stop like this isn't gonna this is not gonna it's stop not getting from, fixed this year no absolutely no, not for like, the next five years you'll yeah. have players who are within like probably the top 100 that like they're a good prospect that like would be advantageous to have on a team that's like shit in the bed but they're not gonna bring them up and if they did bring them up they wouldn't be in consideration for rookie of the year so what about those guys there's like however many fucking minor leaguers. There's more minor leaguers than major leaguers. Let's put it that way. There's a lot of fucking players out there that could use some time up in the majors that are probably better than some guys in the majors and aren't seeing time because of this shit rule. Right. And it, it just doesn't go far enough for me. That's all I have to all say right. about that. 
All right, next one. <laughs> Sorry. That was Fuck good. Tommy that has good. been very soapboxy today, and I appreciate it. <laughs> the minimum salary, 700000 escalating 10000 uh, in each year of the five-year CBA. So by the time the CBA is up, it's 7050 No, 750000 Wow, math is hard. Hard. Seven thousand. This alcohol is hitting me way harder than I expected. You want another? <laughs> another shot of more. Um, so it would be at seven hundred fifty thousand by the time the CBA is up, or well, seven hundred forty. Would that be? Yeah, it would be seven hundred forty. Um, like, love, hate, recreate on this minimum salary. I say I like it. Although if I could recreate it, I'd up it even more. I think that there's never enough incentive to pay. The, the bottom tier players more. For sure. It just has to be that way. It has to be. Compared to other sports, first of all, also the 162-game grind. It's the longest season. It's the whole thing. For sure. And I also think that it would help a lot because a lot of guys get a cup of coffee, right? And they get a prorated salary. So you get the guys that come up for a month or two months, and they come back, and that's actually a little bit more significant to their well-being. Thank it's just you. like there are layers to it a little bit, and I just think that raising the bottom like, has to be done. But – I would do more than this. Yeah, and I think like the the article that you sourced for us on this, Steve, said like, oh, this... well, it's straight from MLB.com. So yeah, it was like yeah, which I get it. Like it's fair to like it's good to reference an article. So thank you, thank you. But also MLB.com, of course, was saying like, and that marks the greatest increase in a salary, a minimum salary of all time for any league. I mean, we got a big time increase in compared to the last CBA. Sure. The last CBA went up, I think, what was it, 20 or 30,000? That's it. Like, it was extremely minimal. And then there wasn't a gradual increase for um, for inflation, for rising cost of things, you know, and, and paying players what they're actually worth. And they're actual workers, believe it or not. Um, it's, it's a job. It's not just for the love of the game. Um, so... That is, if I'm going to recreate anything, here's the thing. 700000 actually gets you pretty close to, like, it gets you right in the middle of where, like, league minimums are. Across in, the board. In, across okay. the board in, in other major sports throughout America. The problem I have is the 10000 increase. So if you do, just say 3% for inflation, which isn't fair in this market right now. But let's just say, because that's always, that's always been a number, is 3% at least for minimum wage. Or pardon me, for inflation. Inflation. Thank you. Drinking. <laughs> <laughs> now, 3% of 700,000 is 21,000. Yes, it is. So MLB at least has to make that 10,000 every year increase to that minimum. At least 20. At, at least. least. Yeah. So should be probably 25 every year after. So then you're at 800,000 by the time the CBA is up. Plus, bitch, I mean, look at the fucking revenue increases for the last... Just take the last seven years. The MLB has fucking ballooned its income and revenue. And the players' salaries have legitimately decreased. Average salary for players has gone down. Fuck the owners. Pay the fucking players what they're worth. And that, like, I mean... Every fucking podcast we say this shit, but still, like, no, fuck true, the owners, though, yeah. pay the players, and we'll have baseball again. Like, that's all there is to it. And and I think it's really good that you pointed out the actual fucking numbers, like, down to the percentage of inflation, like, on average. 
it literally is half the the increases that they're offering is half of three percent per year and it's like we look we look at it as like from our perspective and we're thinking like shit if i got ten thousand dollars more on my salary every year i'd be fucking rolling in it and like yeah that's true but that's not true for these guys like they're at the top point whatever percent of their they're the profession. best in the world at something they're yeah. the best. that is such a good way they're literally the best in the world at what they're doing they should get paid in that stratosphere and they're just not they're just not it's literally it's disincentivizing like the players who are in the minors trying to scrap for a cup of coffee they, like it, it's not worth it for them to do that they might as well go and like s jump into a sales career which is depressing i don't want to do sales fuck sales uh, are you in sales i'm not in sales okay that's good um like, <laughs> like it's i i just i i feel for it i really do have a visceral yeah. reaction every time we talk about this which is every fucking week basically at this point because there's still no baseball i digress man how many soapboxes do i need right now I've counted three of them. I know. <laughs> I could have missed Trust one. Trust me. I could have missed one. <laughs> wow. Great thoughts, I, great thoughts. Great thoughts. Yeah. I am fucking heated. They canceled baseball this week, Steve. I, I, I'm heated. Fuck Manfred. Fuck the owners. Get them players on the field. Guys, we're getting the real life Charlie Day today. This is it. Kidman's. <laughs> <laughs> Last one I wanted to run by you, Willie, was the luxury tax thresholds. Uh, um, yeah. And I know they name it something else, but it's the luxury tax. So what it was last year was uh, yeah. 200 competitive balance tax. That's the, the color word. That's yeah, the CBT. Jesus Christ. It's luxury tax. So $210 million was the, the mark last year. Um, they want to do the first three years at 220 increase it to $224 million in 2025. And then up to 230 in 2026. Um, there is no change in the tax rates um, per previous years. Um, so, Willie, like, love, hate, recreate. Go for it. Um, recreate. Because I'm okay with... I don't have a strong opinion, frankly, on like where the cap is. But I do think that there needs to be more regulation around how the small market teams end up spending that money because oftentimes you get pittsburgh where they just sort of pocket it and they don't do anything with it salary for i think please. that yes i think that if, if anything like that they can keep the luxury they can shrink the the top and the bottom or they can you know shrink the top and the bottom essentially i just think that there has to be some incentive for the small market teams to spend money because they're all making money too it's sort of sort of absurd absolutely Absolutely. I mean, some of these small market teams are even more profitable. Yeah. Um, because the they don't spend teams. money. Because, yeah, exactly. Right. And they exactly. need to spend the money. So if they're going to get, if they're going to get something off the top from the Dodgers and the Padres, and they're going to get some of that, pump it right back into the roster, like immediately. Like that's where it has to go. Absolutely. To Absolutely. the players. Tommy, I'm trying to hand you the mic right now and you, you don't want it. You got limperous. Lim limperous over here. <laughs> <laughs> I, no, I, this is sharing a mic, right? It's, 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 it's absolutely ideal, but I, is this another soapbox? Is that why you're, it looks like you're trying to get me on one. Cause like, fuck the, like, okay. All right. All right. If yeah. you say fuck the owners, well, I get it. But <laughs> like, it's, it's not enough. Um, and then once again, if you, I'll, I'll bring it back to inflation rates. Right. If you're if a team is willing to spend 
as teams absolutely should be, especially if they're in their contention window, <coughs> Jerry, um, <laughs> then these numbers have to increase with inflation. So, for example, say your first year is 220. That's fine. Sure. 220. Uh, inflation's what? 3% minimum. So two hundred and twenty thousand times point three or point <laughs> point zero three. I'm doing math here on a calculator, ladies and gentlemen. Um point zero three. We've got uh six and uh, let's say seven thousand every year, right? Seven thousand dollars every year. So you know, I mean ultimately we end up at a number that's higher than two hundred and thirty after five years. Yeah. Um so raise it, let's say 10 million. I think 10 million is fair after every year. So 220, 230, 240, 250, or 260. No, no, no. Between three and 5%. You go with. What? Seven? You were saying 7 mil. Yeah, 7 mil, not 7,000, you said. Pardon me. Yes, I don't know why I said 7,000. I think. <laughs> I'm typing in numbers wrong. I'm typing in 220,000, not 220 yes, million. There you go. It was the right idea, folks. The same numbers, not enough zeros. Um, decimal points are hard. Yeah, but talk about fucking like again. It's it's hard for the everyman to understand. It's like seven thousand is a life changing amount of money, like in a given month for all three of us. I'm assuming, unless if you're making bank over in San Diego. Anyway, but it's like seven thousand dollars. That's like that would get you a lot of shit as like a right. regular consumer. The problem that I typed in this number, I typed in two hundred twenty thousand, and for some reason, on top of my head, I thought that was two hundred twenty million. Is <laughs> yeah. is a problem in, in regard to how much I make? Two um, drink Steve. Two drink Steve. Yes, exactly. I'm two drink Steve. I, I'm taking your role today. That's my moniker. Sir. Increase it ten million every year. If you want to start at two twenty, fine. End up at two sixty by the end of it. And I think that's actually what the players' union proposed. It's it's really not that absurd what they're proposing, but the owners are just like, no, fuck that. And you know what? I okay, we don't give our Chuck a lot of credit on this podcast. We really don't. Chuck Garfine. That's right, the Chuck Garfine. So I listened to something he had to say recently, and it was this past week he came on his you know White Sox Talk podcast and said there are a lot the, the teams that are pushing the hardest against this are obviously the small market, small market teams but it's also teams that are in the same division as the Dodgers who are right at the luxury tax the Yankees who are right at the luxury tax and it's like it is actually a competitive imbalance in the coming like in the next season for these teams to up it right away because as soon as you up it even 10 million that means that the Yankees can sign another player right away and like still be under the threshold. They want Craig Kimbrell. Yeah, do they? <laughs> oh no 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 no! no. So the White Sox. That is that's fucking. <laughs> we are a White Sox baseball podcast, and we're an hour and fifteen minutes in, and we've barely talked about White Sox baseball. Yo, can I? Can I? Here we go. I asked in the car, you guys, to come up with your most ridiculous hot take. Well, not most ridiculous, but at least one hot take for the White Sox season this year. Now that you brought up Craig Kimbrell, I gotta say it. Craig Kimbrell. This is your hottest take. It's not Rollades anymore. What is what is the sponsor? Oh, what is the Pepto sponsor for Pepto Bismol? For... Is this Pepto? Isn't it Pepto Bismol or something? No, I think Relief it's Rollades. Is it Rollades? It's Rollades. Relief it's Man yeah. in the Air. Oh yeah. Rollades Relief it's the alliteration. Man in the air yeah. Is going to be Craig Kimbrell. That's Whoa, my hot take. Damn, of the dude. I you didn't tell you mine. Let's that was get it. Yes. Very. Give it to us, Willie. No, that was good. That was oh, no. I had a I had a backup one just in case, but mine was going to be Craig Kimbrell goes nowhere and he pitches like he did for the Cubs last year. Wow, we, we get that Craig Kimbrell. 
That's fucked up. And then up all of a sudden it's like guys. Super Bowl then. Yeah. Without I, with everyone kind of freaking right now. So the, I'm saying, the question is the money and if we have enough to right. to to fill in exactly. know, the obvious holes. But So what's that other hot take? Because we all know Tommy's is LASIK Lopez here. He's gonna be the ace for the staff. Full stop. All right, but yes, that's like that yeah. is my hot take. It's ongoing. It's it's probably gonna happen. Y'all Hilarious. gonna have to y'all are gonna have to eat it when he is out here pitching no no after no no. Anyway, continue. You you had another one in your back pocket. You said I did. I anticipate something going wrong with a Gavin Sheets or an Andrew Vaughn, and Absolutely. I see Jake Berger being like an enormous part of this team by the end. Yo. Not enormous, but he's going to be like a very impactful oh, you, guy. You said enormous. Okay, I'll say enormous. That <laughs> so are you, honor, saying, so are say you saying Jake Berger, 26-man roster in the playoffs? Yes. In the playoffs, fam. Playoffs? <laughs> yeah. Yes, yes. That's, that is. Right. Okay. And I don't know what the role will be exactly, but he'll that, be there. Second base? And they're going to have to make a decision on how to get <laughs> him into the lineup at some point. Yeah. <laughs> Moving on, Mankata back to second base. Please, no. Please, God. I'm no. not going that far, but yeah. <laughs> yes, exactly. That's incredible. Can Yohan stay healthy forever? You never know. That's, yeah, that's a good, that's a, who's next? That's a good question. Now, I mean, I hope so. I love, I love the guy. I'm but, telling you, that's why the power diminished ever since those injuries in 2019. Long COVID. He did have yeah. play a lot of games last year. Like, I'm not really questioning his – like I just you know you never know you for sure. Know. I think um, those sliding injury uh, he had one in particular sliding injury, um, sliding into third and, and it fucked up his shoulder. I, I think that plays a big part into his power, mm-hmm. like his diminishing power number. So, fam, slide in legs first, please, for the love of God. You were a player, didn't you? Get taught to slide in leg first. They didn't really teach us one way or the other. He's a pitcher, remember? Oh yeah, I was good at. Running bases, though. That was one thing I could do, okay. Courtesy runner, Willie. Yeah, I could be courtesy <laughs> runner, yeah. That's fantastic. Well, okay, like, what I really wanted to, like, appreciate the the hot take side sidebar. That's fantastic. I loved it. All of it. Uh, it would literally be getting back to the luxury tax thre- thresholds here. You brought up a good point with, like, okay, if the, if the Yankees now up their threshold, they would be in the market for a lot more players that – they wouldn't be as it stands now because of how close they are to that threshold. They would be a fantastic person to move to to give them Craig Kimbrell because they're all about fucking names. It would be a competitive advantage if the fucking owners would up this luxury tax threshold this year for the White Sox. That's Which is funny, yeah. Yeah, I, I never would have thought of it that way. So that's fucking brilliant. Let's like I'm gonna cheer even harder for this shit now because I didn't care about the luxury tax threshold before, but now I have no idea who the White Sox would get back from the Yankees, though. Uh, I don't know. Either. Really, really, <laughs> what you're getting back from the Urshella? Yankees is like whatever free agent right fielder you want. Yeah, yeah. that's sort of where it no, goes no, no, yeah. Like you would it's get dump in the cap. Yeah, you Brett would get Gardner, something. Is but he yeah. still alive? <laughs> no. <laughs> okay. <laughs> anyway, anyway, so I, I. Like that kind of wraps like the like main the meat of what we wanted to talk about here today. But fuck Steve, there was a big life thing that happened. Oh life yeah, thing. let's go. That's a life thing. That's a life. <laughs> this is a life thing. This is cool. This okay. It's White Sox Twitter news. Internet life. Yes, the the White Sox Twitter news that uh, is encompassing this whole room. Your your ego is bigger than can fit it. No, <laughs> your your persona, your online persona has has grown even more. Uh, we're I'm honestly I just want to celebrate with you that you got picked to be 
the co-host of the 108 tourney release party on March 10th. That's cool. That's exciting. Do you have any like explanation on, on why you think you're the guy? I spend too much time on Twitter. That's my explanation. <laughs> um, I'm honored, first and foremost. Uh, so thank you to Beef. Thank you to My Suck Summer. Thank you to Treasy. Specifically Beef, because he's the one who puts the tourney together. But, you know, all three guys had to agree on somebody. I know I wasn't the first choice. That would have been Unprotected Socks. I already know I'm a better teacher than him and a better runner than him. <laughs> so it doesn't shame. matter. I do want to know who they said on the pod. They had like a five candidates or so, and they had to whittle it down. I want to know who for the sure. other five were. I, know I mean, you, I could probably think. I know for but. sure UPS was one of their options, and uh, there was some uh, – I don't know if he could commit to all of the things that he they wanted him to. So okay. um, that being said, really grateful for the opportunity. I had to sell concert tickets on that Thursday night to do this so that's how much i am invested into this i've actually already started to draft up my comments on the bracket because for those of you that don't know these bracket leaks well obviously they might or might not be coming from the bracket because i have my eyes on the bracket now so i got to keep hush hush about it until thursday that being said i have typed up some comments so i'm very very excited for this um it's a, a a big break for the at drunk shy socks fan brand it's uh <laughs> and the sons of honarchy and brand. and obvi- and, and i was going there next and obviously for the sons of honarchy which you know for those of you that are watching none of you live right now um <laughs> yeah but that being said i'm very excited um as i've already said three times and that's a good way to yeah. say it you know yeah. um it's it's a it's a big deal. It's a, such a big deal that literally I was supposed to go to a concert with the fiance and sold the tickets. And you so are no longer going to the concert. Hopefully, exactly. <laughs> Hopefully, our internet holds up strong enough. Oh. Because uh, we have very suspect internet in this uh, apartment of ours with plaster walls. So I'm actually going to the routers in the kitchen. I have a desk in that room over over in this direction here. I'm going to pull the desk into the kitchen, <laughs> set up. Do a little backdrop with like a little, you know, White Sox flag, 108 stuff, and be there in the kitchen recording. So, and we still have easy access to the fridge for beers because I know I'm going to need quite a few. Yeah, that one's going to be a long one. I love, I honestly, that's, that's cool to know that there's going to be a makeshift command center for this shit. Like this, this is the real, this is the big time. This is the big time. So that's, that's fucking cool. And you know, I'm excited for you. Obviously this is huge for, for you. I know. And it's huge for us and damn Mayday parade lost out on a big fan. They're in Milwaukee tonight. I might be driving up. (laughs) Oh, that could still happen. I could still see them do the full album play. We'll see what happens uh, between now and 5 o'clock, though. <laughs> Fam's going to be, like, banging at the door. Please let me in. I just drove up from the north side or west side of Chicago. Oh, west suburbs. West yeah. suburbs. Sorry. I apologize. Oh, no. I ain't west side. West side. <laughs> Kids be wiling out. I teach them. <laughs> hey, you're yes. still in Cook County. County. Yeah, you're in Cook County. And you're <laughs> Cook County, baby. And you're teaching the youths of the west side. Youths, so. baby. All right. Tom, uh, Willie, I'm going to throw any last thoughts to you, baby, because you are our guest and we are extremely grateful that you joined us. Thank you for giving us sure. your time. Yeah, no, I'm extremely grateful for you guys, too. I'm just really glad that we could could actually make this happen. Fam, and you flew in from San Diego for this, so we, like, we're yeah, just, just for, for us. This, yeah. Just for us. Yeah, there was no wedding. There was nothing else going on. Yeah. Um, no, it was great. No, seriously, though, it was it was awesome. Like, I appreciate you guys, like, making the time to make it happen and then thinking of me to actually do it. And oh, my God, yeah. 
It's been awesome. Yeah. It's been awesome. We some scrubs, so Willie, thank you for giving <laughs> us your time, honestly. You ain't no scrubs. You're good. Oh, uh, God. Yes. So I, I, again, like just to reiterate, we're so thankful to have you on. This has been fucking fun. Final thoughts being that, you know, fuck them owners, Steve. Yeah, you want me to say it yeah, again? Yeah, there you go. Yeah, so I, we, obviously it would be ideal for like all of us to be at the ballpark at some point. Who knows when the season's going to start? Um, Bob happen. Nightingale thinks May 1st. So if, Oh, and he's bringing bagels, too. Did you see that? That? Fuck, fucker <laughs> that asshole <laughs> trying to save face after ruining our nights okay that's enough of that bob's done miracles on me though <laughs> i'm done with you okay <laughs> drunk shy socks fan emphasis on the drunk do you have any final thoughts for us good sir absolutely not i can't believe i had one beer and one shot of malort and i'm feeling this way i hate it right now <laughs> you had a fun night last night though <laughs> yeah it's, this is the leftovers from last night i should have brought two bagels for you not just the one <laughs> um i guess that brings us to uh the last and final tagline for the afternoon in han we trust willie p is my man so you must Follow him on Twitter. <laughs> That's uh, I don't know, Willie. Give us the tag. I can't. I can't name it off the top of my head. Willie P underscore W socks at Willie P underscore W socks. Make sure you follow Willie. This is my guy. Always supportive of us, and we appreciate it. He's a listener. He doesn't get bored of our voices. Amazingly. <laughs> <laughs> Have a good day, everybody. We'll see y'all around.